Hello and welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast for February 19, 2014. This is Brendan and today Tom and I are going to talk about ETFs and pretty much just comprehending and understanding what they are because we understand this but we have a feeling that a lot of investors and even some of our fellow advisors in the industry don't don't really understand them. So we're going to remove the lampshade from the guy at the party today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Uh, Brendan shared a stat this morning in our daily meeting uh, about the history of ETFs. Yeah, uh, I saw that in 1994, 20 years ago, there was one ETF. And today we're looking at over 1,500. 1,500 exchange-traded funds just here in the United States. We're not talking about other countries and other parts of the world. Yeah. That is crazy. So a lot of, a lot of growth in uh, the ETF industry in the last 20 years. Quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. I, although I am happy to say that I did own the very first ETF for my clients back in 1994. It was yeah. the S&P 500. That's pretty cool. Yeah, SPY was the symbol. And then soon after that, they came out with diamonds for the Dow Jones Industrial right. uh, basket. And uh, then we didn't see ETFs again for a, a long time. Yeah. There was a, a, a drought for a, a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But with all of these ETFs that are out there, it kind of begs the question, um, why, why don't more brokers and advisors show exchange-traded funds as an investment option or an investment tool to their clients? And I'm, I'm really kind of surprised at that. Yeah. We've sat down with a lot of new clients, and when we start to look at their statements, we don't see any ETFs. We don't see any of them. Uh, we see a lot of mutual funds. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot of bonds, um, but we don't see exchange-traded funds. And it doesn't matter if it's coming from big firm, small firm, independent advisor. It, this is across the board. I'm stunned that with all of the money that has flown, you know, flowed into ETFs. I think the number is something like three trillion dollars. I mean, there could be $30 trillion if brokers would actually take the time and individual investors were a little more educated through their advisors on what exchange-traded funds can actually do for them. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to uh, share some data that we've uh, recently tripped over. Yeah, there was a survey done by uh, S&P IQ. Um, and it, it basically had data uh, pertaining to advisors and their overall feelings towards ETFs. So the first stat that we wanted to go over was that 56% of advisors base their decision to buy an exchange-traded fund on one thing, and that one thing was the expense ratio, which we found kind of... Uh, Mind-boggling. Yes, to say that's a nice way to yeah. say it. Um, you know, if you're going to base it on one thing, expense ratio is not it. Yeah. There's a couple of points that I want to make with this slide. The the first is uh, if the strategy behind an investment works, it really shouldn't matter what the expense ratio actually is. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. In 2004 and 2005, when the dollar was falling apart, the number one place to invest back then was in emerging markets. Now, some of these emerging market funds had expense ratios 
I'm not talking about ETFs. I'm talking about mutual funds. Some of these emerging market funds had expense ratios of 25 to 3% a year. That, that sounds almost criminal. Yeah. However, in those years, those funds returned, some of them returned 40% back-to-back years. Does it really matter that you're paying 2.5% and you're still, after expenses, you're still getting 40%? It, do, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what the expense ratio is. So the second thing is, is that when you're looking at the expense ratio, that's a supporting detail. It's a supporting item. It, you know, we look at uh, rotisserie baseball. We wouldn't pick a, 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 a player for our team just based on his batting average. There's a lot more that you have to take into, into consideration when you're going to pick a player for your team. Same thing with an investment. If you're just looking at the expense ratio, I think you're making a big mistake because it, it's very misleading in the sense that there can be so much more going on with this story that you don't know. Yeah. Um, so the next stat that we wanted to focus on is that 58% of advisors consider the spread between the bid and ask to be a key factor uh, when purchasing or considering an ETF. Now, I think I just want to let everybody know when we talk about bid and ask, the bid is the price that you sell your investment at, and the ask is the price that you buy your investment at. And the stock exchanges have done a very good job over the last 20 years of tightening the spread between the bid and the ask, so there's very little play between those two prices. It used to be a market maker's heaven to play in the spread. Now spreads have tightened, but the problem is that when a broker or an advisor is looking at their screen at the bid and the ask, that is the bid to sell 100 shares and the ask to sell 100 shares. Uh, the bid and the ask only list for 100 shares each. You could have 20,000 shares behind it to buy or sell. The other thing that you need to know with these exchange traded funds, and again, this just goes to not knowing these brokers and advisors and individuals, not knowing how these things work. When you are investing in an exchange traded fund, this is a model portfolio. It's a portfolio that has specific names, it also has specific holdings in certain weights. And so that those stocks that are in your basket change price throughout the trading day. So the price of your ETF, the bid and the ask, is going to be recalculated. And by law, they have to be recalculated every three seconds. So sitting there watching the bid and ask is really not a good reason. Because I also know, because I buy and sell these for my business, that I can pick up the phone and speak to the trader that trades these ETFs and I can say, look, I've got 75,000 shares that I need to move right now. I need to sell them. They can get to work on that order, and they do a very good job right over the phone. And it doesn't matter if you're dealing with Charles Schwab or Vanguard or Fidelity or TD Ameritrade. makes no difference. This is how ETFs transact throughout the day. And I just think a lot of folks just don't want to know because they think, Exchange-traded funds are exotic. 
advisors seem to be focusing on the wrong stuff and uh, it's kind of funny because this survey also told us that only 13% of advisors said the holdings inside the ETF actually mattered and that's insane because I mean let's let's just take the flip side of that seven out of eight advisors say what's in the portfolio does not matter let me give you an example Apple computer is a $500 stock okay it's very hard to buy a $500 stock for an individual portfolio and keep it balanced in that account but we also know that Apple computer we can identify several exchange traded funds where Apple is 10% of the portfolio, 15%, sometimes 20% of a portfolio. It's a very quick way for us to get into a stock or into a specific sector without having to generate a lot of transactions for the client by buying a lot of names. We can buy it with one ticket and we know exactly what we're buying. This kind of bleeds into another point that I want to talk about. When uh, a mutual fund needs to publish their holdings twice a year, every six months. So they'll typically publish, say, December 31st. What's in that portfolio on February 19th? We don't really know. The manager knows, but the salesperson who's recommending this to a client, they don't really know what's in that account. With an exchange-traded fund, they have to post their holdings and the weightings every single day. We know exactly what's in that portfolio before we drop the ticket. So what we're really seeing here is that over-analysis and analysis of unimportant data is uh, holding back a lot of advisors and individuals who are looking to invest. And when we do talk about investing, you know, we're, when we do mention different securities during these presentations, you need to know that none of the securities mentioned in this or in any podcast represent a past specific recommendation of Maluli Asset Management. And this video is not a recommendation to buy or sell any of the securities that we happen to mention here. But if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, we think you might be making a huge mistake. And so we strongly urge our listeners to consult with their investment advisor before they make a decision to buy or sell any kind of investment. Now, if you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you have without any obligation. Just pick up the phone. You can reach us here in New Jersey at 732-223-9000, or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. Okay, that's all we have for now. We'll be back next week with a new topic. Thanks for listening.